Amen. Thank God for the mansion we've got. Woo, looking forward to that. When that roll is called up yonder, I'm planning on being there. Amen. How about you? The roll is called up yonder. I bet Brother Glenn was singing that today. He was down at Lambert's. He was <laughs> Amen. All right. We are going to the book of Proverbs tonight. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, we're going to cover a little territory, hopefully finish chapter 4 tonight. And um, see what the, see what happens. See what the Lord has for us. Some good, good, good stuff here in Proverbs chapter number four, and we're going to begin in verse number ten. Proverbs chapter four and verse number ten. And uh, if you'll find that, and they'll probably they'll be putting it up there on the screen as well for you to follow along tonight. Amen. Let's begin reading in in verse number 10. Proverbs 4 and verse 10 says this. Hear my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. I love that. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. And pass on. You think he's trying to get a message across there to us tonight? Amen. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is like the shining light that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Amen. Father, add your blessing to your word tonight. Help us as we minister and teach this word from God's wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. We covered those first ten verses. Actually, last Wednesday night we finished up chapter 3, the last part of chapter 3, and then the first part of chapter 4, and covered the first nine verses of chapter 4. So as we pick up here in verse number 10 tonight, um, we see the very first word of chapter, uh, of verse number 10 is the very first word of verse number 1. It's the word here. And as we have said, Solomon, and I made mention of this last week, Solomon, in these first few chapters of uh, this book of Proverbs, is, is teaching wisdom or teaching the ways of wisdom to his son and to his children. He is passing along the ways to live to his, his generation and to the generations following And he is instructing them, his son, over and over to give heed, to hear, to understand, to get a hold of what he's saying and what he's teaching to them. And he's stressing the importance in these chapters of wisdom, of godly wisdom. And uh, we have made mention of the fact that that when we look at this and we, we talk about the wisdom of God, that that the wisdom that he's referring to is godly wisdom. It's not wisdom that we can attain from from uh, from the earth or from the world or in, in, from any other source, but this is wisdom that comes from God and from the Word of God. So the wisdom of God and the Word of God are synonymous terms. You're not going to have the 
proper kind of wisdom without the Word of God. And wisdom basically is uh, it's the proper application of knowledge. No matter how much we know, if we don't understand and have the wisdom to know how to properly apply the knowledge that we have, it's not going to do us any good. So in these verses in Proverbs, uh, he's given us the wisdom of God, practical wisdom and, and, and understanding and insight on how to live life and how to live life to, the, to its fullest and be blessed and be successful. And I think that should be the desire of every one of us tonight is to know how to live where the blessing of the Lord is going to flow in our lives. Amen. To please the Lord. And uh, so right off the bat here in verse 10, he tells his son, he says, Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. Well, right there is enough. To, that should be enough right there to, to cause all of us to want to hear and receive the words that are given here in this book. If it's going to add years to our life and blessing to our life, that ought to be, that ought to be well worth it. Amen. For us to get a hold of what he is saying. So the father here reminds his son that wisdom, that living by the word of God is the key to living a long and prosperous and blessed life. And, uh, you know, that's a general rule, and, and he has mentioned that before, and we've talked about that already in our, in our study of Proverbs. But um, it is a general rule that those who live according to the godly wisdom of God will live a, will live a, a long life. And, uh, of course, the opposite can be true and is true as well. A sinful lifestyle often leads to an abbreviated or a shortened lifespan. There are exceptions, as I said, but generally this is the, uh, is the, 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 the general truth and rule. Because, you know, the road to rebellion, and, and I think it's pretty much known that a person that rebels against the truth and rebels against the Word of God can cut their life short. You can short, you can shorten or lengthen your life by the way that you live. God doesn't have a calendar in heaven with a red circle around a certain date saying, okay, that's Glenn's day. You're out of here when that day comes. Uh, the Bible says that, that bloody and deceitful men will not live out half of their days. So we can, we can extend our life or shorten our life by the way we live and by our lifestyle. I mean, that's just, that's, that's taught in the Bible, and, uh, you know, we, we know that that's true. So the road, the road and the lifestyle of sin and rebellion against God and His Word can cut a person's life short. We know how many do, have you known of, people that you've known of, that have, have died in an automobile accident at a young age, because they chose to get behind the wheel of that car under the influence of drugs or alcohol and had an accident and lost their life. And uh, their life was cut short because they chose a path that was opposite the will of God and the ways of God for their life and the Word of God. All of us have, have, have experienced that and probably know someone that that's happened to. Young people that have died due to drug overdoses. And uh, that seems to be an epidemic, in epidemic proportions today of young people that are on drugs and losing their life because of drugs that they've taken and overdosed and, and died and cut their young life short because of their lifestyle. So a key, one of these keys to long life is to follow the ways of the Lord and to live according to godly wisdom. I think all of us have seen people and know people that appear to be much older than they actually are 
because of the lifestyle that they have lived. Amen? Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody that you hadn't seen in a long time and said, man, they're looking old. People might say that about me. I don't know. But, uh, you know, man, they're looking old. And, and, and we talked to a person today that told us their age, and, and uh, they were just, uh, just a little older than Vicki and I, yet looked much, looked much older than we do. Amen. Uh, but the Bible says that the ways of a transgressor is hard. So a person that lives a life of sin and, 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 and just indulges in the ways of the world and sin, it's going to take a toll on their physical body. Is that right? Right. It's going to take a toll on their body, and it's going to cause them to, uh, to, 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 um, to, to shorten their lifespan. There's also people that have died because of legal consequences of sin that have ended their lives prematurely. Some have, under the influence of drugs or alcohol, committed a crime, a capital crime, maybe killed somebody and, and had to face a death penalty, and their life through, through uh, uh, capital punishment has been cut short because they had followed the wrong way, the wrong lifestyle. So the key is, ladies and gentlemen, follow after godly wisdom and live according to the Word of God and teach our children and our young people to live according to this book because it's the key to long life and it will, it will, um, it will add years to your life. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah, I believe that. So verses 11 then through verse 19 talks about walking in the straight, righteous path. And he tells us here not to even set our foot, not to come near or to even set our foot on the path of the wicked. Notice verse 11, he says, For I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. And then notice, you know, in verse, in verse those two verses, he's making a passionate plea for you and I, for his sons and, and his children, to stay on the right path. To stay on the safe path, to stay on the godly path, and to hold on. Notice, look at verse 13. He says, take a firm hold on instruction and do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. Instruction from the Word of God. He's saying there to, to not let the lessons of wisdom that he's teaching here, don't let them slip through your fingers, but take a firm hold on them and do not let them go. This should be something that we practice and we apply every time we come to church. Every time we're in the house of God and we're hearing the Word of God preached and taught, whether it's in Sunday school classes, in the main sanctuary, when the Word of God is going forth, get a hold of it, folks. Get a firm grip on it and a firm hold on it and do not let it go. Hallelujah. There's nothing more important in your life tonight than getting a firm grip on the Word of God. I believe it was, I don't, was, it, was it Tuesday I talked about, or maybe it was last Saturday in prayer meeting, I talked about Eleazar getting a grip on the sword and standing against the Philistines and, and swinging that sword, and he defeated a whole score of Philistines by himself, um, just stood his ground, and God, you know, God helped him, and God caused him to win a great victory, but the Bible said that his hand was weary, Eleazar's hand was weary, and it said that his hand clave to the sword. It was literally the sword, the hilt of the sword was embedded in his hand. He had fought so hard and had such a tight grip on that weapon and on his sword when he was fighting that they had to pry his hand open to get the sword out of his hand. And I preached a message on that before some years ago, called, and the title of the message was Get a Grip. 
And we need to get a grip on the Word of God and get a good, strong grip upon the Holy Scriptures and the teachings of the Word of God and don't let them go. Let me tell you something. There's an enemy out there tonight that is doing everything he can to pull the Word of God away from you and and to separate you from the teachings of the Word of God. And so the admonition here of Solomon in this book of wisdom is get a firm hold on instruction. Don't forget it. Don't let it go. And listen, that's why we need the repetition of teaching the same things over and over again because we all have a tendency to be forgetful. Amen. Over and over and over in the Word of God. The Lord told us not to forget. He admonishes us to remember and not to forget. And and and, and so that's why we got to get a firm hold and a firm grip on the Word of God and not let go of it. Amen. In that 13th through the 15th verse, he gives, he gives some powerful directives here. And as I said, in these verses, he is trying, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is speaking here through Solomon, and he's trying to get this into our hearts concerning the paths of, of sin and ungodliness and, and temptation that's going to come our way. And all of us are going to be tempted. Is that not right? We're all going to face temptation of some kind. But look what he says when he talks about getting a firm hold on instruction and keeping her. Then he says in verse 14, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. And li- listen, verse 15, avoid it. Now, as I said, he's trying to get us a message here. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Amen. He gives us some powerful directives. And what he's saying is stay as far away from the path of sin and ungodliness as you possibly can. Don't get on it. Don't enter it. Avoid it. Don't go near it. Get as far away and separate yourself from sin and evil as you possibly can. Oh, help us, Jesus. Amen. Oh, we've got folks today that, that, that it, within the, the church today, not, not you all, of course, but we, there are church, there are folks within the church that want to see just how close they can live to that path of evil and how near they can get to it without getting caught up in it. And, and that's not the way that God wants us to be. He, he gives these directives here for us to stay as far away. Get as separate yourself as far away from it as you can. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said that we are to come out from among them or the world and be separate. And the Bible does teach... The Bible does teach separation. It doesn't teach isolation because we're in the world, but it does teach that we're to be separated from it. And as believers, as Christians, we're not supposed to be indulging in or being involved in the things of the world and the things of sin. We're separated from that lifestyle. And so he's telling us to stay just as far away from it as we can. And then in verse number 16 through 19, he talks about the travelers, that are on that path of wickedness. And this is why that the, that the, the, um, the, the Holy Spirit is telling us here through Solomon, this is why we are to, to avoid this path and to stay as far away from it as we can. Because he says in verse number 16, for they, those are the ones who are on that path of wickedness. This is describing the world and the world system that is out there today. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. There are people out there that are under the control and the influence of Satan that would love to pull you away from Jesus and to pull you away from God. That's why he says to avoid them and to watch out for them because he said they their sleep is taken away unless they make someone to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, This is their lifestyle. 
They eat the bread of wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence. In other words, they're consumed with sin. They're consumed with evil. They're consumed with ungodliness. And that's what the, uh, the writer here is saying, that they have, and these people that we're to avoid have an insatiable appetite for evil. They are literally, those who are on the path of sin and ungodliness and darkness are literally addicted to evil, and their lives revolve around iniquity. And in verse 17, what he is saying there, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence and what he's saying there is that they that they uh, that wickedness is their food and wickedness is their drink and it's, it's something that they that they do on a continual basis they must have it to live they cannot exist without it and they are bound by those powers of iniquity that's the picture of those who are on the path of worldliness and sin and darkness Amen. It's a picture of addiction, ladies and gentlemen. It's talking about how addictive sin is. It's talking how, about how that those on that path are bound by that, and they have to live that lifestyle. And the only way that they can be set free, there is only way, only one way they can be set free. How many knows? And that is through Jesus Christ and through the gospel of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God they can be set free. Amen. And if you've been on that path, if you've been down that road, and all of us have at one time or another, I've been there, you've been there, and you know, I'm telling you, how many times people say, well, uh, you know, I, I, I can quit this anytime I want to. I can give this habit up anytime I want to. I've heard people say that about drinking alcohol and about drugs or anything. I can lay it down anytime I want to. But the fact is that they cannot. It has a hold on them. It's an addiction. Um, alcohol is an addiction. Can can be addictive in people's lives. Drugs, sex, pornography, gambling, so many different things that, that get a hold of people's lives and it becomes their literal food and drink and they are just totally consumed by that sin. And it takes the power of the Lord Jesus and the blood of Jesus to break that off of their life. Thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight that sets the captive free. Amen. Oh, that old song, He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus to see. For glory to God, He set me free. Praise God. Oh, I could just take off on that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let me show you the contrast here. He gives those, those, uh, that picture of those who are, who are addicted to sin and, and make wickedness and sin their food and drink and are walking that path of darkness and sinfulness and uh, drinking the wine of violence, eating the bread of wickedness. But look at verse number 18. And I said last week that this was the key verse to this entire fourth chapter. But verse number 18 says, But... The path of the just is like a shining sun or a shining light. How many is glad you're on this path? See, this is the path that we got to be on. Not that path of darkness and wickedness and sin and ungodliness. We were on that, but thank God the Lord took me off that path and put me on the right way. Come on. The paths of righteousness is where we're walking tonight. But he says the path of the just is like a shining sun or a shining light that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Hallelujah. That path that we're on tonight, the path of righteousness is a clear path. It's a secure path. And praise God, walking on this path, we're walking in the light and it's getting brighter every day and it's getting better every day and it's leading to a perfect day. Can I get an amen? A perfect day. Hallelujah. We're not walking in in darkness brother Glenn anymore we're not living in that darkness but thank God he's brought us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light and every day with Jesus is sweeter and brighter and more blessed than the day before Woo, hallelujah I've already I'm done I preach myself happy I can go home now <laughs> 
hallelujah, shines ever brighter into the perfect day. There is a perfect day coming. Woo, hallelujah. There is a perfect day coming, ladies and gentlemen. You know, that tells me right there that there's not, there's, there's never, there's not an end to this life of living for the Lord. We live through this life, and, 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 and every day, like I said, just gets better and better and better, gooder and gooder and gooder. Amen. <laughs> and then and then to top it all off, we get to go we get to go to the perfect day or the city where the lamb is the light and there'll never be any darkness ever again, praise God, where the walls are jasper and the streets are gold and the saints are there and the angels are there and there's no more sickness and no more disease and no more death, glory be to God, no more sorrow, no more sadness. That's where we're all heading to tonight. If we're on the path of the just that's shining brighter and brighter every day. Amen. It seems like a no-brainer to me to read these verses and then just make up your mind which one of those roads you want to be on. Amen. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Praise God. Amen. I thank the Lord. Now look at verse 20 through 27 that finishes this chapter out. Verses 20 through 27, Solomon here, by the Holy Spirit, gives, gives us a spiritual uh, lesson. In, he gives us a lesson in spiritual anatomy, kind of. Because in these next few verses, he actually goes from head to foot. He goes from, from, from head to foot uh, teaching us about the right way and what it means to, to walk on that right path, on that path of the just. In verse number 20, he said, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Notice he begins here in verse 20 with the ears, and he talks about our ears, and uh, not necessarily just these ears on the side of our head, these, uh, these, these ears here, those play an important part. Because we hear, you're hearing with these ears what I'm saying tonight, but we got to hear also with the spiritual ear. Amen. There's a spiritual hearing and a spiritual ear. And he begins with the ears, and he says, he says in verse number 20, to give attention to my words and incline your ears to my saying. That word attention there, to give attention, the King James says, attend to my words. And here in the New King James, it says, give attention to my words. And that word in the Hebrew literally means and has the, the picture of, uh, of pricking up your ears. And when you think of that word, you think of a dog. Anybody ever had a dog? Well, I think we all have. And when they, they hear something, or especially, yeah, especially if, if they hear your voice or you call their name, uh, you know, that man, that, you get their attention. Right? They attend, they, they prick those ears up and they, they, they immediately focus on what you're going to say. And that's what this, this word to attend, to attend or attention means to prick up the ears, to, to prick up the ears and to pay attention to what's being said. And then he says to incline your ear, which gives the picture of a person that is, that is bending forward or leaning in to hear more carefully what is said. And I find that the older I get, the more I have to lean in. Amen. And here. <laughs> to hear what people are saying, especially if there's any background, if there's any background noise going on. Amen. If, if, hey, if you say something to me and I don't answer you, get my attention because I, I probably didn't hear you. I'm not ignoring you, okay? And uh, Vicki told me the other day I need to call Miracle Ear. Amen. <laughs> But it's a picture of a person 
that is leaning forward to hear what is being said. In other words, they're giving their full attention what is being said. And so he says, give attention to my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. So he's saying, hear what's being said. What did Jesus say in Revelation in those messages to the church? Over and over, he said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. And so he's admonishing us to pay attention and to hear the words that he is saying. And so he says, uh, incline your ears to my saying, do not let them depart from your eyes. And so we've got to be very careful uh, about what enters our ears and we've got to be very careful. Jesus said, take heed to what you hear, didn't he? We've got to be careful about what we listen to, and we've got to be careful about what we see and what we allow our eyes to focus on and gaze upon. Because here's the thing, folks. Whatever enters my ears and I listen to will ultimately influence my mind and my heart and my decisions. So we need to be careful what we hear and what we listen to. Have you ever heard, had somebody say something to you and you've heard something from them or heard something that somebody said and it just affected you? I think all of us had, have. Amen? Praise God. And so be careful about what you hear and what you listen to. All right? So he, he says in verse 21, he had talked about the ears in verse 20. And now in verse 21, he mentions the eyes. And we'll talk a little more about the eyes here in a little bit. But in verse 21, he, says, don't, uh, he said, don't let them depart from your eyes. Speaking of his words, don't let his words, my words, depart from your eyes. But keep them in the midst of your heart. Now the eyes... Uh, he's, he's talking here about keeping your focus on His Word or on the Word of God. So it's more than simply hearing, but it's to see and to understand what He's saying and retain what you're hearing, to keep what you're hearing, to keep your eyes upon those words, to keep the words of God in front of your eyes. And when you keep the Word of God in front of your eyes and make the Word of God your focus, then the Word will direct your path and when you keep your eyes upon the word of God he's it the, the word will get go from your ears and from your eyes to your heart that's where you got to get it that's where you've got to get this word is not just in your brain or in your mind but it's got to get down here on the inside of you in your heart so that it can change your life Amen. So he says to keep them in, keep the word in front of your eyes. He says to keep the word at the very core of your heart, where it will be life to your very to your, to the to every part of your being. And this is how we get the word of God from the pages of this book or from a sermon. We get it from there into our heart. It has to come through the eye gate, through the ear gate, through our mind. And then as we focus on it and, and read it out loud, amen, and read it over and over, it gets in our heart. Hey, Romans 10, 17 says that what? Faith. How do you get faith? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it doesn't say faith comes by having heard the Word of God. Sometimes people say, well, I heard that already. Well, you got to hear it again and again and again because the more you hear it, the more you read it, the more you quote it, the more you focus on it, it gets from the page into your eye gate, into your ear gate, through your mind, and down into your spirit man and becomes food for your soul. 
soul, your spirit, and your soul. Amen. This, listen, Jesus said we're not to, not living by bread alone, by natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is your, this should be your breakfast, lunch, and your dinner. Praise God. Some, one preacher said one time, most Christians will, will eat three hot meals a day, but they, they feed their body three hot meals a day, but they feed their spirits a, one cold snack a week. And listen, one cold spiritual snack a week is not going to do you any good. That's why around here at Abundant Life Family Church, we don't preach sermonettes because sermonettes build Christianettes. Amen. We, we teach the Word of God. and We believe it's a, that it's important for you to get and receive the Word of God and to put it into your heart and life and ears and eyes and mind so that you will grow. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. How many want to grow in Jesus? Well, praise the Lord. Woo, verse 22. I love this. Here's what here's here's the result of keeping the word of God and 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 focusing on it, getting it in your heart, your eyes, your ears. For they, the words of God, are life to those who find them. They're li- there's that word life again. And look at this, and health to all their flesh. Now, Brother Rick, don't you think that means spiritually, you'd be spiritually healthy? Well, I do believe that. But it didn't say health just to their spirit, but to all their flesh. How many knows the Word of God, the Word of God is health and healing to your flesh? Whoo, hallelujah. It is life and health, God's Word is, to your entire body. That word health in the Hebrew is marpe, which, which it, means, it means that it brings healing, that, and it's that which, which brings healing and that which restores a person from an illness or a malady. The word marpe, health there, in that verse 22, means a remedy or a medicine. And some of the some of the um, Bibles I have, center column reference Bibles, have a footnote there by that word health that says medicine. And you can you can use that word word medicine if you replace health with with that word medicine. That His word is a medicine to your flesh. It's a it's a it's a it's a a healing to your body, to your flesh. So the more you you feed on the Word and practice the Word, God's Word is a medicine and it's a remedy to your whole being. It's a remedy and a cure and a help to your spirit, soul, and body. Who wouldn't want that? Amen. My goodness, I mean, you know, if we, if we got something ailing us and we go to the doctor and they give us a prescription for some medicine and tell us to take one tablet three times a day and uh, we just go home and set it on the shelf and we go back to the doctor a week later and say, well, I'm not any better, I'm worse. Well, what, did you take the medicine I gave you? Well, no, I didn't do that. I didn't see you needing that. Well, go home and take the medicine. And if you'll take the medicine, are, are you listening to me? So every once in a while here, I'll give you all a homework assignment, tell you to read this or read that. But if you'll every day take your medicine, amen, take, read some, get, get, here's the four gospels in here. So take some of them gospels, praise God. <laughs> I get I get Vicky's medicine ready for her every week. We've got a she's got all kinds of meds taken from this because of this uh, transplant, and so I I am I am part time pharmacist now, praise God, and so I get everything out and and get it all ready for her. But uh, you know always make sure um, 
when she wasn't getting around so good, she's doing pretty good now. She's doing a lot on her own. But I would, every morning, I would take her medicine to her at noon and at night and, and uh, still remind her and ask her, have you took your medicine yet? You know, but here's the thing. Should, shouldn't we be that way with God's Word? Here it is, our medicine. Have I taken my medicine today from the Word of God? Hallelujah. It's medicine to our whole being. God's Word and His wisdom will affect all parts of our individual life. It will be a cure to our whole person. It will be health and spiritual and physical healing to our life. Look at verse number, look at verse number 23. He gets into, to, to, we're still talking about some spiritual anatomy here. In verse 23, he says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you, and ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Guarding the heart, verse 23, with all diligence, guarding our heart above everything else because it is the wellspring and the source of life and all of our action. Whatever you are on the inside is what you will be on the outside. You know, we try to rehabilitate drug addicts and alcoholics, and there is some success in that, but very little. Because their problem is not just a physical addiction. It's a heart problem, and it's a spiritual problem. You've got to get changed on the inside. That's why Teen Challenge has a higher success rate in, in the recovery of, of these young men and women that are alcoholics and drug addicts because they introduce them to Jesus Christ and to the Word of God. And once you get changed on the inside, things straighten up on the outside. Amen? So he says to keep your heart, protect, protect it. And that word keep means to protect something. We've got to protect the heart from evil because out of our heart are the issues of life. And that word keep is, is the picture of a guard or a sentry or a watchman who's keenly focused upon a charge and, and to, to watch that prisoner or to keep guard over that, over that, uh, over that city. And he's, he's, he's acting acutely aware of every movement that's around him and he's diligently guarding that place and that's what the scripture's telling us concerning our heart because out of that heart flow the issues of life so we've got to guard our heart and to watch it and and to watch over it constantly to make sure we don't get anything or allow anything in our heart that's going to affect us spiritually. And when I talk about the heart here, and the, the Scripture talks about the heart, it's not talking about that, that physical pump that's pumping blood through our body, but he's talking about our innermost being. Yeah, your physical heart pumps blood into all parts of your body, to every extremity of your body, from the tips of your fingers to the tips of your toes, and you're kept alive by the work of your heart. But the spiritual heart, the inner man, the spirit of man, your innermost being is so vital to our spirit spiritual life because listen you're a you're you're a triune being tonight you're not just a body but you're a spirit being you have a soul and you live in a body amen and so you've got to take care of that spirit man the spirit man the real you is your heart and that's what you have to guard with all diligence spiritually your heart and your spirit is is vital to your spiritual life your spirit supplies life to your entire being just like the heart pumps blood to every part of your body and the heart affects every activity of your life and what's in your heart is what you're going to be. Jesus said it this way in Luke 6 and 45 he said a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks and so what Jesus was saying there was that 
that what we are on the inside will show up on the outside. And the only way to change what we are on the outside is to change and get changed by the Lord on the inside. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside, bringing about a change in my life. Paul said, it is not I that live, but it's Christ living in me. Hallelujah. And when your heart is right, your life is right. Amen. I could preach on that all night, but I'm, i got to bring this to an end here tonight. We're about done. In verse 24, he talks about the mouth. We could spend some time here. But we'll, we'll, we'll move through it. We'll move, we'll move through it. The mouth, he said, verse 24, Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So he says, put away a de- all deceitful and corrupt talk. See, what's in the heart affects the speech. We just read to you that from Luke 6, 45. He said, out of the, Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So our, what's in the heart is reflected in the speech and reveals our true character. Jesus said to those Pharisees in Matthew 12, 20, uh, 12, 34, he said, Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Deceitful and perverse, he talks about here, being, having, putting away deceitful mouth and perverse lips. It describes speech that is crooked and corrupt and twisted and turned around from what God commands. So we don't want to have... It matters how you talk. Amen? I know somebody here a couple years ago said, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says thou shalt not cuss. And I'm thinking right off, well, that's ignorance gone to seed, number one. But all through the Bible, in this book of Proverbs and other places, it tells us, not to have corrupt talk, foul speech, and language. That was the first thing that, that left me when I got born again. I had a terrible mouth. I, 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 I used profanity and vulgarity in every breath and never thought a thing about it. Didn't care who was around. It was just part of my nature. Boy, glory to God, when I got saved and got up off that altar, I didn't have to try to change my talk. That all that stuff was gone. Why? Because something happened in my heart. Something happened on the inside. I know Sister Reed's given that same testimony that was the same way with her. God changed her and changed me and changed our lives. And so he says, don't have a deceitful mouth of perverse lips. He said, listen, that word lips, and I thought this was really interesting. The word lips there is, is the Hebrew word which means edge, border, or boundary. And it's the word that's used for the, the banks of a river in the Old Testament. The lips of a wise person, and, and here's the thing about that. He uses that word for lips as being a boundary or a border. So the lips of a wise person are a boundary that will keep any corrupt words from escaping out of your mouth. Amen? Have you ever heard somebody say, I just had had to bite my lip to keep from saying what, what I was wanting to say? Those lips are a boundary. They're like a, 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 a bank on a river that holds in. That's why you need to pray the prayer that David prayed. Put a watch and a guard over my lips and my mouth. Amen. Amen. I've heard people say this. Well, you know, you just well say it is to thank it. No, no, no. No, don't say everything that comes into your mind. Let your lips be a boundary. Paul even warns us in Ephesians 5 and 4 and says that that we should not be involved in obscenity, foolish talking, coarse jesting, uh, or joking. That's that's bad, you know, off-color jokes. They're out of place for the Christian, he said. 
So if there is no evil in the heart, no filth is going to spew out of the mouth. Individuals that use foul, vulgar language, that tell lies, that spread rumors, and gossip about others have a heart issue that needs to be changed on the inside. Glory to God. I can't believe it. I, we heard today, someone told us today, this has been, I don't know how many years, I've got to close. And I didn't, this today's first time I heard this. And I thought, who in the world would say such a thing? But concerning our property out there on uh, Holly Tree, and I was telling this individual what we went through with the city and things and the reason we didn't, um, we didn't go wind up building on that property and this property came available and we built here. And she, she said, I'm so, this lady said, I'm so glad you told me that. Because she said, out there in that community, we were all told that the preacher absconded all the money of the church and left, and that's why they couldn't build the church. I like to fell out of my chair. I said, I'm the preacher. I didn't abscond any money. I thought, who was that lying devil that told that story? My Lord, help us, Jesus. I told Vicky today, I said, wonder what other kind of stories going on around about us that are not true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 25, he says, keep your eyes pure and free from lust. Look straight ahead. Keep your eyes right before you. Be careful what you look at, what you watch, what you allow your eyes to focus on. David said in Psalm 101 and 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, David wrote that. He learned that the hard way. But David's great sin of adultery with Bathsheba that we're all aware of began when he saw her taking a bath. And he looked at her, and he was up he was where he shouldn't have been. He was looking at what he shouldn't have been looking at from his roof. Listen, we've got to guard our eyes for what, of, of things that we watch, especially on TV. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Psalm 119.37 said, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. And I'm going to tell you that's about what's on TV. Glory to God. I know you're probably sitting there and said, I thought you was going to close. It's about time. We got to keep our eyes on the prize. We got to keep our eyes on looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Let me tell you something. Let's walk straight. He talked about our feet. He talked about keeping our feet on that right path, pondering the path of your feet, which means that word ponder means to, to prayerfully weigh the, the steps that you take, the way that you're going. And what he's saying is walk straight, live right, because there's a lot of solicitations out there today, folks, that would try to turn us off that right path. The devil has deceptive and detractive detours out there that he'll try to use to get you off that straight and narrow way. But wisdom says, God's wisdom says, stay on the straight path. Jesus said, enter the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. We got to be dedicated, and we got to be dogmatic when it comes to living for Jesus and staying on the straight road and on the right road. Hallelujah. Because this is the path of the just that gets brighter and brighter and brighter and ends up in the perfect day. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you tonight. Let's stand and let's just praise the Lord in dismissal tonight. Thank you for coming and being a part of this Wednesday night service. And I uh, hope we said something that encouraged you and was a blessing to you. Let's just thank him tonight. Father.